Welcome to the Teacher Interview Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Creasel. I work as Director of Innovation and Instructional Support in Fullerton School District. And every week, we sit down and get to know a teacher better. My goal is to learn what drives and guides teachers, especially when venturing into that risky territory of trying something new. Join me. Today on the Teacher Interview Podcast, Matt Mankwich takes my spot as interviewer, and he talks to Heather Rios, who teaches sixth grade at Richmond Elementary. So welcome to the Teacher Interview Podcast. I am not Wes Creasel like normal. Um, however, uh, my name is Matt Mankwich, and I am joined in here by Mrs. Heather Rios. Hello, Hello Heather. Heather. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm well, thank you. <laughs> so we're just going to jump right into it here, and I'm just going to ask you to begin by telling us, how did you get into teaching? Oh, man. Um, I think it's that like cliche story of I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. Um, when I was younger, I was always teacher's pet, always wanted to like, what can I help you with? Can I organize your books for you? That kind of stuff. Um, we had programs, I went to Orange Slope Elementary School and we All had right. programs like peer tutors and pals and I was always wanted to sign up and I just kind of knew I always wanted to work with kids. Um, I used to like make my little cousin listen to my lessons, whatever I learned, I would <laughs> teach to her. It was just that thing I just always knew. I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. Dang. And so all through school, I pursued it. Through high school, I was in a future teacher's club. College, I went straight in. Child development, knowing, knowing I wanted to be a teacher, straight into the credential program. So it's just, I don't know, it's just always in me. <laughs> Very cool. So you went to Orange Thorpe, so you're a Fullerton kid? I am, All Fullerton right. through and through. So then which junior high? Fullerton Elementary, I mean, sorry, Orange Thorpe Elementary, Nicholas Junior High, Fullerton High School, Cal State Fullerton. Fullerton High School right here. All right. That's right. All right. Very cool. And then student taught here in Fullerton? I student taught at Valencia Park. Okay. And then I was hired right out of the credential program. I did one year back at Orange Slurp. So my first year teaching, I actually got to teach back at the school I went to. Um, I shared with Suzanne Walker for fourth grade. And then after that year, I was hired at Richmond. And I've been there ever since. Very cool. What grades? Uh, fourth grade at... Orange Thorpe and sixth grade at Richmond. Cool. So student teaching, you know, a lot of people say student teaching doesn't do anything to prepare you for, uh, you know, that that real life experience of being in a classroom by yourself. Would you agree with that? Um, no, I think it prepared me quite a bit. Oh, right on. It w mine was different because I did kindergarten and third grade, and I had phenomenal master teachers. I had Juliana Nam and Lara Lewis, both phenomenal. And but kindergarten and sixth grade, or excuse me, kindergarten and third grade, and then hired in sixth grade, I was like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it prepares you. But there's nothing like the real deal. There's nothing like walking into that room the first day. All those kids are yours, and it's showtime. Absolutely. So it's it's definitely it prepares you to an extent, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then it's a whole new ball game. <laughs> showtime is a good word for it. Yeah. Is there any lesson or experience, possibly from um, on a, like kindergarten, that stands out in your mind, or something that you'll never forget, or maybe it just knocked your socks off those first few weeks of student teaching? <sighs> Kindergarten is when I realized that you're not just a teacher. You are you wear so many different hats. You kind of have to be mom some days. You have to be a nurse. You kind of like some days you just have to start with how are you today right. before you can go into teaching. 
And I definitely learned that in kindergarten because they need you. Yes. They need you a lot. And what's funny is that my colleagues and I relate that straight to sixth grade. And yeah. I'm like, they need you just as much in different ways. But right. they need you, not as a teacher necessarily, but they just need you, Absolutely. which is the biggest lesson I learned from student teaching. Very cool. Very cool. Well, um, Let's just jump into uh, some quotes we have here. Wes talked to a few of uh, the people you know, some people you work with. Um, I, I'm going to go to this one first because this <laughs> one just strikes me as the most interesting. Um, he talked to Kristen Holm, your principal uh-huh. at Richmond, mm-hmm. and he asked her for one word to describe you. You want to you take a guess? Do you know what it is? Um, I have no okay. idea. <laughs> she said, unicorn. In all caps. So what's what's the story there? My classroom is pink and unicorns, and I love unicorns. I just love that it's, like, the whole be yourself message. Like, if you're a unicorn, be a unicorn. Like, embrace yourself. It doesn't matter what you like, what you're into, what other people think. Be yourself. And so I wish I would have, my keys are right over there, bright pink with, like, I love unicorns Uh from, um, Despicable Me all over. I have a big unicorn poster. It's not a unicorn, but I have a big poster in my room of like all the zebras with the giraffe <laughs> sticking out of it saying, yeah. be yourself. Like, so I just encourage, especially in sixth grade, I mean, they're so, they can be so self-conscious. They can be so worried about what other people think and focused on that where I just want to tell them, you know, relax, be yourself. If you like this and nobody else does, embrace it. Try and get other people into it. I so. love it. I love it. So <laughs> you, funny. you talked about your affinity for pink and Heather, uh, uh-huh. she wrote all her answers in pink. Aww. <laughs> she said, She's ask so Heather sweet. why. <laughs> so I talk, am pink. <laughs> <laughs> talking about how um, you have to care for kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we asked um, Mrs. Holm was, mm-hmm. what's a moment where Heather is just being Heather. And mm-hmm. she talked about a student you had in your class that was straight from Mexico. Mm-hmm. Didn't speak much. Do you want to tell us about, mm-hmm. about this kid? She is, she came to me this year, so I have her this year. Um, this is, she came on the second day of school, so she's pretty much been with me the whole year. Yeah. And zero English. I mean, she knew how to say hi. And that was it. And luckily, I know a little bit of Spanish. I took Spanish all through college. Um, my husband is from Mexico. His family's from Mexico. So sounds like you know more than just a yeah. little bit, right? <laughs> I can hold a conversation okay. with her, and I tell her every day, like you're teaching me just as much as I'm teaching you. And she, we walked out to the back gate together every day when she leaves, and we just. She starts with. She looks at me and she goes, "How are you?" And I go, <laughs> "Good. How are you?" And she'll like try and remember little phrases I taught her, like. The grass is green. I go, yes. So she's she's so sweet. And really, she's teaching me so much about myself. She's teaching me patience. She's teaching me um, Spanish. <laughs> she's, te- I mean, she's so wonderful. And I feel like I was very lucky to get her in my class. So you talked about how she's teaching you as much mm-hmm. as you're teaching her. Um, that's that's obviously, I think we'd all agree, a powerful message for kids. Do you see that affecting her and her daily, you know, the way she goes about herself in your classroom? I think so. I mean, she's the first couple, about the first month or so she was there, she was very reserved. She kind of like, she didn't, she didn't want people to know that she didn't speak English. Right. She was embarrassed by it, I think. But now that I've made it so like, can you tell me what this is? You can see her smile. She likes to like show me things and say the word in Spanish. And it just kind of like shifted that in her where she's not embarrassed by it anymore she 
like she embraces it, so, yeah. which is like my biggest philosophy. So cool, cool. Yeah. Um, you have other kids in class that speak Spanish? Yes, the majority of my class are um, English language learners. Mm -hmm. So I find myself learn like when I'm in a conversation with my student that doesn't speak English, I'll like you can see us both like pause and we're like, uh oh, <laughs> there's a disconnect on this word, and I'll turn to like someone and go, can you help me? And they're all so lovely, and they all will help in. And there's a couple girls that um, will before I even say anything like. I'll give explanations in English, and they'll turn around and like whisper it to her in Spanish. So all of the girls, all the kids in my class, have really taken the, her under their wing, and they're kind of she's kind of like moving along with us, sure. just at her own pace. So. Sounds cool. Yeah. So, um, do you feel like she has changed the dynamic in your classroom? You said everyone's kind of moving along, helping her as well. Mm -hmm. Do you think that sort of helps build, foster a camaraderie or something? I think so. It definitely yeah builds like a little community with us. Like mm -hmm. we, they're not just focused on themselves to the fact that they they don't even have to be told to help her. They just do it on their own anymore. Yeah. I mean, that in itself is amazing. So I definitely think she has kind of shifted that and made us more like a little family in there, that's which cool. is awesome. I like, I, so family, that's a good word to use. <laughs> um, very cool. So let's see, Holly, or not Holly, uh, Kristen had mentioned that you had bought some books for her in Spanish, some Spanish books. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. Um, so my library, it was only books in English. And mm -hmm. I have I feel like I have a pretty good-sized classroom library, but none of the books were in Spanish. And so I was like, oh, what are we going to do? So I went right on to Scholastic Book Orders, because I have a Scholastic Book Order account. And I just found anything I could in Spanish. And they had, like, American Girl books. They had Dork Diaries. They had some graphic novels. And what was nice is that I had... Some of the books that we bought in Spanish, I also had in English. And so we were able to put both of them on her table, and she would read the one in Spanish and then the one in English, and it was just an exact copy. Oh, and so awesome. she loved that. And so just she was, it, just, it meant so much to me yeah. when I saw her expression, when she saw that, look, we have Spanish books, because she was excited to read those. I mean, she likes reading books in English, but she's not at the point yet where she can quite comprehend them. So having those books in Spanish was really, really meaningful for her. And that can make, I mean, things like that can make SSR so lonely and ostracizing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the point of, of reading is to read and enjoy it. So that's awesome that she can still have, right. you know, that experience in there mm -hmm. and not just be all about learning my words, right? Exactly. Especially because, like, when we do reading workshop, um, they all are in their independent books during silent reading. And I had some books that were at, like, a first grade, kindergarten level, and she was reading those ones, which are books that she could understand. But um, she was starting to get embarrassed by those mm -hmm. because everybody else is in a chapter book and she's sitting in a picture book. And she's like, I'm a sixth grader. I don't want a picture book. So I think having that novel, just like everybody else was, was kind of like a confidence booster for her, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Um, so you had talked when you were talking about becoming a teacher, how you mm -hmm. used to always play teacher, and mm -hmm. um, that's a story that your mom actually told. <laughs> and I mean, she basically told the same story you told, but mm -hmm. just reading what your mom wrote about it, um, it's very obvious how proud she is of Aww. you and proud of the fact that you are a teacher. And um, she says, you know, you love each and every one of your students, uh, regardless of the challenges they bring to class. And she leads with respect and expects respect in return for her students. Mm -hmm. And that students leave her class knowing that a teacher believed in them. Aww. So it sounds like um, family is a very... Very important. Absolutely. So do you think that played into your decision to become a teacher at all? Or Absolutely. Experiences from mom, dad, anyone else that sort of steered you in that direction? Did something jump out at you as... 
Absolutely. Um, when I was at Orangethorpe, um, my mom worked at Orangethorpe. Oh. So she started out working there. Her name's um, Heidi. She's in the district, Heidi Harris. Um, she started working at Orangethorpe just as the noon supervisor. Mm-hmm. And then just but having her there all the time was awesome. And then as I moved through the years, she moved into the tech position, and she mm-hmm. was always in the library. And so I mean, seeing her every day in school with me and then going home and doing homework with her, she just really pushed education and showed how important education was. And she was always like my backbone, going all through school, through college especially, when I was trying to figure out classes and how to pursue education and all this. She was there for me every step of the way because she knew how important it was to me. And, and it, was, it was just as equally as important to her. So she was a huge influence for me since day one. So so interesting that that's your perspective on it because it sounds like you talk about how much support she had for you and mm-hmm. how she was always behind you because the word she used to describe you was determined, <laughs> which makes it sound like it's all it's all you and she was just along for the ride. <laughs> determined is a very good word. I, sometimes I'm a little too determined and too uh, hard on myself. Tell us, tell us about that. Um, it's kind of like one of those things where I set my my mind on something and I want it done mm-hmm. like no matter what and sometimes I need to my mom especially reminds myself like just let it go, <laughs> let it go. it's okay and so she's really helped me with that like to kind of just take a step back sometimes like don't take it so seriously like you'll get there so. do you feel like that determination though has ever led you to any big successes in your classroom absolutely um Last year, actually, I had a student that was kind of one of the more difficult students. He um, is one of those that had like a track record between all the teachers. Everybody kind of knew his name. Sure. And so when he was in fifth grade, I told everyone, I was like, he will be in my class. Because <laughs> again, I was <laughs> determined. So you're asking for him. Yes. Right? Okay. I was like, I want him. And it was a challenge. It was probably one of my biggest challenges all year. And by the end of the year, I've because I stuck with it so bad, and I made him know. I, made, I was like, "I'm not giving up on you. I am. I'm, I, my mind is stuck on this, and you will make a turnaround." And by the end of the year, he did. And I was. I mean, it brought me to tears at the end of the year. He was. He would go out of his way to sit with somebody that just maybe didn't have as many friends, and that was something he would have never done at yeah. the beginning of fifth grade. And I pulled him aside, and I just broke down. And for him to see me crying, I was like. I can't believe this. Like, I am so proud of you. And I think it was because I was so determined not to give up on him. That I mean, that was my biggest success story I love to that. this day. That yeah. sounds like, so obviously building relationships with your kids is a, a strength of yours and something that you seem to put importance on. But to tell yes. a kid, I'm not giving up on you. And then mm-hmm. to see his teacher cry tears of joy <laughs> he over him. At me. <laughs> Sure, you know, what, you know, yeah. I might be the male. I'm uncomfortable with my emotions saying, that's got to be a good feeling for the poor kid. And yeah. that's so cool that you're willing to, uh, you know, sort of peel back the layers and show that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that side of yourself and that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. That's got to that's be touching, even if he doesn't quite understand it fully now. I think he did because he kind of gave me that laugh like, I know this is a good moment, but my teacher's crying. <laughs> That's right. Okay, Mrs. Rios. I love it. Um, okay, so so moving on to one of your coworkers, mm-hmm. Ivy Nina Franco. Um, we asked her about a story, and she talked about uh, how she was on the panel that interviewed you uh-huh. for your job here in Fullerton. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm a bit of a germaphobe, so <laughs> reading your story, I thought, oh, I respect this lady. Tell us, tell us about your first interview here at Fullerton. Uh, oh, goodness. Okay, so this was about five years ago. I interviewed at Richmond 
this is when I got the position, thankfully. Um, I They called me, they said my interview was going to be whatever, like a Friday, and that two days before, I came down with a horrible cold. I mean, I lost my voice, which I did this week again, ironically. <laughs> thankfully, I have my voice back today. But I came down with a horrible cold, and I was like, I, I can't skip my interview. I have to go. So I went in. I think I had like a big box of tissues. I had hand sanitizer. I sat as far away from everybody. I refused to shake anybody's hand. I'm like, I promise I'm not being rude. I just don't want to get any. It was, And it was the end of the school year, so I'm like, you guys are going off to your summer vacation. <laughs> The last thing I want to do is get everybody sick before you go. But it was definitely memorable. And they, a couple of the people, because it was a panel interview, brought it up during the school year after I got hired. They're like, I remember when you came in with your bottle of hand sanitizer. Yeah, she said it wasn't just a bottle of hand sanitizer, but it was a rather large <laughs> yeah. bottle of hand sanitizer. Yes. So you brought enough for the whole group. You, I did. you came to share. That's I great. I love that. <laughs> um, when we um, asked her for a word, she described you as passionate. Oh, <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> what do you, what, does that, um, you feel like that's a predictable answer? Or um, are you surprised by that? No, I, I think she's pretty spot on, yeah. I'm pretty, I, I think she's referring to like my, my passion for the kids. Like, sure. It's just all about the kids. For, I mean, for her as well, for all of us on our sixth grade, for all of us at our school, it's just all about the kids. Sure. And we, like you said, we won't, we won't give up on them. Mm -hmm. And some of our kids at our school need a little extra love and it, they come from rough backgrounds and we make it known that we are there for you no matter what, we are there for you, so. That, that's the, the building block for the year right mm -hmm. there. Um, you guys you guys like to go to Coffee Bean. I, I see. do. I Coffee see. Bean Wednesday. Coffee Bean Wednesday. <laughs> um, and you like to tie mathematics into your, your iced tea order here? <laughs> yeah. We always make, like, we have, um, we have jokes with the kids and we'll, like, um, oh, I can't even think of one. But, yeah, we always try and, because we include the kids a lot in our conversations and just silly little jokes. And we do math jokes and we'll do, like, statistics jokes. And because um, with the six, with the sixth graders, they all know the Internet lingo. So we do a lot of hashtags with them. Right, right. So we'll do, like, hashtag Coffee Bean Wednesday. As, we, as the kids leave, we'll do, like, or... Ivy will ask me, do you want ca coffee bean? And we teach statistics and probability in sixth grade, so we'll go, hashtag not a statistical question, hashtag only one answer. <laughs> the kids think it's, first they roll their eyes at us, but then they think it's funny. But at least they know what a statistical question <laughs> exactly. is, right? Absolutely. Only one answer. <laughs> real life right there. I love that. Um, also, you guys have a, a cuckoo kangaroo affinity as we well. We do. We love cuckoo kangaroo. So you guys are big go noodlers, we right? We are. Okay. We do uh, popsico. And we have like a popsico dance off with the sixth graders. The first step is getting them to do it. <laughs> the first reaction I was always like, "What is this? This is for little kids." I'm like, "No, no, no! This is for all of us." Um, but then eventually, because we, we have three sixth grade classes, and so we'll all train on the popsico dance. We'll train on it. And we'll train okay. on it. Uh, it's it was like intense training. Competitive cuckoo kangaroo <laughs> it here. Is. Okay. And then we usually take them outside, and um, it's funny because the PE teachers are right in front of the sixth grade portables, and so they'll play it, and every once in a while they'll play Popsico, and it'll just break out into a huge dance battle between all the sixth grade classes. It's so much fun. I love that. <laughs> um, the final person that Wes talked to was Shalimar from your uh, school site as well, mm -hmm. right? Um, Wes asked her to describe you in one word, and she put in all capitals, LOYAL. Hmm. <laughs> Shalimar. <laughs> you guys have some history there? We do. Um, so back 
when I was in undergrad in college, I um, had to do um, like observation hours and classroom hours. Mm-hmm. It was before student teaching even. And I just put my resume out to a bunch of different schools, a bunch of different districts, and I happened to be picked up by Richmond. Never had been to Richmond. I mean, I, I went to Orange Slope, but I didn't really know Richmond. Mm-hmm. And so I was picked up by Richmond, and I was placed with Sarah Cooper and Shalimar Lacona. Didn't know either of them. I walked in, and we just, like the first day, we were instantly just attracted to each other, and we were like, this is going to be a friendship. And so I ended up doing three years with both of them in kindergarten, because at the time, Sarah taught kindergarten, so I did my observation hours with Sarah, and then I did um, RTI with Shalimar at the time, and it, I learned so much from both of them and just developed such great friendships with both of them, and they were the ones that encouraged me to apply to the position at Richmond, which thankfully I got hired, and sh- I mean, Shalimar was my BITSA mentor for two years, and we just got so close. She ended up, she was a bridesmaid in my wedding, and... She, she's just an amazing person, and I have learned so much from Jalimar. So it's interesting that you mentioned she was a bridesmaid at your <laughs> wedding. Um, so she was asked, is there a moment where, where uh, you were just being you? And she said, at her wedding, the best man said that he knew she was a perfect fit for his best friend, the groom, when he saw how caring and kind she was to him, the best mm-hmm. man, when he shared with her some troubling family news. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing this pop up in all the people we talk to and all the stories that it, it just seems like love and caring and compassion just like radiate out of you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and it's obvious sitting here with you as well for the last, you know, 22 minutes or whatever. Um, Tell us a little bit about that. You obviously don't have to go into specifics about this guy's problems, but... It was actually, yeah, the, the very first time... It was, so it was my husband's best friend was the best man, and the very first time I met him was... He was kind of sharing. He was going through a hard time, and I didn't know him, and I just knew my husband. Not my husband at the time, but <laughs> <laughs> eventually we got married. We know what you're saying. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but, um, and I just, I felt for him. He was talking about problems with his family and just issues. I mean, every family goes through tough times and so I just I just wanted to be there for him and know like I care about Anthony so obviously I'm going to care about you and I just wanted to make sure he knew there was somebody in his corner and it was very nice when he brought that up at the at the wedding to kind of show that it meant something to him yeah how long have you been married we just hit our one year anniversary in June okay Mm -hmm. so we got married last summer very cool happy happy belated anniversary thank you all right um so we'll leave this we'll leave this here with um a little bonus question from Shalimar. She said, uh, Heather grows and loves more and values others and puts kids first. She is who I would love to be someday. Oh, Shalimar. I would love to be Shalimar one day. She <laughs> is she's seriously my role model. She embodies everything I want to be as a teacher and everything I strive to be as a teacher. And I look up to her so much and I learned so much from her and just... I learned how to be a teacher and I learned how to be a person with the students from her. Just seeing her relationships with her students and has pushed me to be a better person. So I love how you put that. She taught you how to be a person with mm-hmm. your students. I, so what's the difference between being a person with your students and being a teacher with your students? Um, it's kind of like what I mentioned earlier, how before you can even start teaching them, you have to say, how are you today? And I mean, Ivy and Tiff and I, my colleagues, we talk about that all the time because with some of the backgrounds of our students, I mean, they don't want to learn statistics today. 
they want a meal. They want somewhere warm to be. Yeah. And so you just have to be a person. You have to show them, I'm not just here to teach you how to read, to teach you math. I'm here to be here for you, to help you succeed. And I mean, that's, I think that's really what teaching is all about. Kind of give them those basic needs first. Mm -hmm. um, well, it sounds like your kids have the perfect person <laughs> leading their classroom and, and looking out for them and taking care of them. So, well, thank you. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. You're very welcome. It's not just me who thinks that. It's lots of other people, too. Um, so, this is Heather Rios. Thank mm -hmm. you for joining us on the Teacher Interview thank Podcast. You. And it's been awesome talking to you and just hearing about how you go through life loving and learning and <laughs> making everyone's life better as you meet them. So oh, thank you. <laughs> have a great rest of your day. Thanks thank for you, joining us. Absolutely. This has been the Teacher Interview Podcast. Thank you for joining us.